This is the High School Football America podcast for May the 28th, 2020. I'm Jeff Fisher. The High School Football America podcast is brought to you by GameStrat, America's premier sideline instant replay system with outstanding reliability and faster speed than Huddle Sideline. Plus, GameStrat has awesome customer service along with different plans priced right for every coach's budget. And right now, GameStrat is offering a discount of up to $200, which means it's cheaper than Huddle Sideline. Plus, GameStrat is making it risk-free. If you make the switch now and there isn't a 2020 season, your money will roll into 2021. That means no risk and you can't beat that. But you do have to act by June the 30th. To get a demo, go to GameStrat.com or click on the GameStrat banner ad located on every page of HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. All right, heading to the state of Virginia. We haven't been there in a while here on the podcast, but uh, there's a big and good reason for it. Uh, You know, everybody's locked down, social distancing, Zoom meetings for coaches and all that, but uh, the football coaches in Virginia haven't been letting any grass grow underneath their feet. Uh, It was announced a couple of days ago that uh, they are forming the Commonwealth Football Coaches Association, and in just a few short days, on Twitter at least at this point, uh, nearly 1,000 followers uh, to this point picked up the story yesterday and put it on the website. And you know how we feel about uh, the coaching profession here at High School Football America. Uh, it is a very noble profession. And I uh, got to the organization. I said, we need somebody to talk about what you're doing there in Virginia for the good of uh, student athletes statewide. And they said, you need to talk to Patrick Kane, the former uh, head coach at uh, Hermitage High School. 175 wins, 44 losses, 30 plus years in the coaching profession and uh former coach patrick kane is on the line to talk about the uh, commonwealth football coaches association in the state of virginia welcome to the show coach appreciate you having me yeah, it's 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 fun. I I like seeing this. Uh, obviously, you guys are looking for a little bit big, bigger voice and all that. But let's uh, take the listeners around the nation. What's going on in the state of Virginia? Uh, where the idea come from? Like I said, we're all supposed to be locked down and just doing nothing. But you guys are forming an association, which I love. Well, yeah, but what kind of spurred it was we're seeing neighboring states or other states actually starting practice, uh, whether now or as of June first, and doing things and. We really haven't really quite heard what's going on in the state of Virginia. And from recent history, uh, we would like to have a voice in how it's done so that all things are thoroughly thought out and it's done in the most effective, most efficient, and safest manner. Uh, So we would like to be able to give our input. Yeah, no, it's and that's unfortunate to hear. So my next question was going to be, what is going on? So obviously not much is coming out. You have the Virginia High School League, which is the state's governing body. So, and again, I don't want any misinformation here, but I mean, what are you hearing at this point? Is it one of these things where it's going to trickle down from the state level to counties? To Can you, can you paint a little bit of a picture, even though it's a very uncertain picture? Well, that's what seems to be. And I, everybody's waiting on what the governor's, mandates are and then reacting to that apparently there's a meeting today which there will be a couple of coaches attending uh, with the virginia highfield league to talk about different plans and different avenues of, of opening up and what the possibilities are um but we seem to be a little bit behind in compared to other states and how they're planning and preparing and um we wanted to make sure that it's well thought through 
Yeah, no, and and one of the things that I've been talking about here on the podcast, I, I think the first state was Indiana. I, I've I've been a big believer that probably the bigger states where football is really huge, you know, the Texases of the world, the the Southern Californias, the Georgias, and all that, and you know, the other states would follow. And it seems like that's happening, but at least to this point, it seems like uh, that's not happening in the state of Virginia. You know what I, I thought would be fun to do a little bit, and and by the way, I, I've driven up eighty one pretty much that long old distance <laughs> going to see my mom in Pennsylvania. Why don't you take a little bit of time here to, to talk about, you know, the, the various parts of the state because it's so large. Is that a, uh, is that a, I'm not going to call it a hurdle, but a, but a big thing to deal with as you form an organization like this? Because, again, you've got your metropolitan areas, what, the, the Richmond's, right, uh, Virginia Beach area. Tell the people how Virginia lays out as it relates to football and sports in general, high school sports. Exactly. We have a hugely diverse state and, and we have a great width to our state, which you kind of alluded to. There's a huge difference between Southwest Virginia, uh, the city of Richmond, the beach and Northern Virginia near, near DC. Um, and one classic example is Northern Virginia was, did not go into our phase one of opening up like the rest of the state did because of their close proximity to DC and Maryland and the issues of there. But then Southwest Virginia, we were talking and we had a meeting uh, last night and Southwest Virginia has issues with the ones that border Tennessee. Well, Tennessee's opened up and, and practicing and starting to have, apparently have a regular season. And they have one of the coaches on the, on the meeting talked about, well, we aren't even going to have a plan in, in effect. And they're, they're getting ready to start practice. I'm going to lose people mm-hmm. or families who want to play football to go across the one mile down the road to go to Tennessee because they don't know that even they're going to have a season because we haven't put out a plan of possibility to give them any hope. Yeah. Um, and it's, so and it's happening elsewhere. Yeah. Thing. Correct. And the diversity is a huge thing because when you set up a plan, you have to think about the different parts of the state. You can't just, and if you don't have that information on how it's different from the people who have their feet on the ground, then you can't make an effective plan. Yeah, no, all very good points. Patrick Kane on the line, longtime coach in Virginia, talking about the formation of the Commonwealth Football Coaches Association, uh, trying to get a, a a voice there. And, um, you know, one of the things I was thinking about as you were, you were talking uh, through this is, you know, thank goodness for Zoom, right? I don't want to give them a big old plug, but whatever whatever <laughs> electronic digital platform you're using, I mean, this would be impossible, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago or so. so so is, is that how you're getting together and how helpful that has it been to, to try and uh, not only bring you all together, but hear everybody's voice from those various parts of the state? Exactly. And that was a very beneficial part of the meeting last night. We had, like you said, Northern Virginia, Virginia Beach, Richmond, and Southwest Virginia uh, all in on the meeting and to talk about the different the different issues that the different areas are presenting so that it can be talked about with a couple of guys who are going to be at the meeting today with Virginia High School League. Uh, just so they can have a voice in it. So, and, and I guess that's another one of the things you're working on now, aside from the plans to, you know, what's going to happen here. The, the, the term is, you know, get a voice and then get officially recognized. So what's that process like with the Virginia High School League? Uh, they've been very open and, uh, and, and very encouraging to uh, our organization that, that we're, we're organizing. Uh, so hopefully it's going to continue to be a positive relationship. I'm sure it will be because we want to work with them. We're not opposing anything. But we just want to give them some, some ideas from the trenches and how things can be done. Not just COVID-19. COVID-19 was the emphasis of this, but uh, it's been a long time since we really have been had a voice. 
Um, the history is going on with athletics in their states. We were a, a three league uh, division. Then we jumped to a six and apparently there's talks of possibly moving down to a four now. And all these decisions are made and, and imposed upon uh, the, the coaches without really having a coach's voice uh, mm-hmm. directly and uh, maybe indirectly through ADs and whatnot, but not directly. Um, so that's, that's what we're looking for. And, and this is the, the issue at hand, but we want to be, have a, a voice and a representation, uh, as the future goes on for when the next situation happens, uh, you know, in the state of Virginia, you know, we've had several things in the last 20 years with, with nine 11, the sniper and, and, and COVID-19 and, and things are done reacting next, next situation that happens. Uh, we want to be in the beginning phases of it and talking about it so we can be proactive. Yeah, no no doubt about that. Um, and, and I think one of the things, if, if memory serves me correctly, a couple of years ago, and again, I, I like to educate everybody around the nation when I'm talking to various people. So, you know, co- and we do have so many coaches that listen, you can learn things. A- am I correct in remembering that one of the things that you guys were first in was kind of getting rid of the dead periods? And, 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 and I don't know if this is a proper term, but in, in my vernacular, it's you, you guys kind of went year-round with your high school sports. Is my memory right on that, or is that wrong? Well, you well, I don't know. We were first. Um, You're pretty North close. Carolina had something <laughs> a little different, a little different, but, yeah, and I, don't, I can't remember. It was about maybe eight years ago. We went from we can't do anything in the offseason to no holds bar. You do what you want, different localities, make up their own rules. And, again, that's something else that was, without any input of us or how this is going to work, you know, and, and anything else, it was just thrown down to us and deal with it. Um, so that's just another example of, of where having a voice and a thought process and uh, a questioning situation uh, to learn uh, can make these transitions more effective and better. Yeah, no no doubt about it. And if you don't have a voice, you can't. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about is kind of have you put on your uh, your ambassador hat here a little bit for the state because uh, High School Football America has been tracking um, NFL draft. And I know that's not, you know, the be-all and end-all when it comes to how good the state is in football, right? I mean, we, we know what the big ones are. But one of the things we've been noticing over the last six years is a pretty good trend when it comes to uh, the, the number of people being, you know, produced out of the, uh, out of the Commonwealth there. So why don't you put the uh, the, the ambassador hat on and, and talk about you know high school football in general and the growth of it in the state of Virginia? I think this past year you had five guys chosen in the NFL and you've had double digits a couple of years. So uh, give, give the listeners around the nation a, a good snapshot of Virginia high school football. Well, uh, I think a great example would be the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Russell Wilson uh, played here in the and I'm going to put my plug in for the Richmond area because uh, that's, that's where I'm from. Uh, but, uh, you know, Russell Wilson, the quarterback of Seattle Seahawks, and then Dwayne Brown, the left tackle of Seattle Seahawks. They're both Richmond born and bred. Uh, Russell obviously had a career. He went to NC State and then um, to Wisconsin. Uh, and Dwayne Brown went to uh, Virginia Tech and then was a first-round draft pick uh, with the Texans and, and recently went over to Seattle. Um, that's just one example. Um, but there's been a ton uh, of, and one of the things that that uh, we have always said is, you know, the neighboring states uh, keep coming in and, and getting our athletes and, and um, making a living off them. Clemson's had several uh, Virginia uh, players start for them here recently in their, in their great run they've had going on. And, 
And if if our state colleges could just lock down the Virginia talent, we would have a national championship here in uh, in the state of Virginia. Hmm. Very well said there. Patrick Kane, a former coach at Hermitage, uh, 30-plus years in the, in the sport. And I'm not trying to make you an old guy. I already told you before we rolled some tape here. I'm, I'm 59. But uh, you've seen a few things through three decades. What's, uh, what's, what's some of the, the, the changes? Because, again, that's, you're, you're part of this new football association, coaches association. What are some of the things you've seen that are, that are, that are good, some of the things you think need to be addressed, especially on the, on the you know, you already talked about in general from the top down. Down. But you know what, what's best for kids nowadays? Are kids still the same kids they were three decades ago? You, a lot of things you can pick on there. Let me pick your brain on that a little bit. Well, uh, two things I think Sam this change is uh, I would say health and social media um, are the two I think biggest thing to change. Third, the kids are the same. I, I don't I don't buy into this decade, different that decade, and that thing. Human beings are human beings. Uh, but uh, the health standpoint and the great strides we have taken uh, as a sport in health uh, with the support of USA football and other things going on uh, with the health of our student-athletes and the conscientiousness of the people who are working with our student-athletes, I think has made it tremendous and so much better and it's had a ripple effect to other sports uh, and other industries uh, that the football takes the lead on. And then the the social media aspect of it has made it so much more that you can learn so much more and you can make yourself a better coach, uh, a better leader, uh, just by utilizing so the, the social media and the internet and that kind of thing to, to develop your your brand and your and your purpose. I think has been the two huge strides that have gone on over the thirty years. Commonwealth Football Coaches Association, brand new, almost a thousand followers so far in the state of Virginia, giving a, a bigger and better voice to uh, the profession. Uh, Patrick Kane is on the line, a, a longtime football coach. Also told me he was a wrestling coach. We're going to talk about his dad here in, in a second, but uh, I haven't really. The, the whole idea throughout COVID nineteen in the podcast is get people's minds off of the news of the day we we recognize it's kind of all the way around us so i've only come up with a couple of questions that i just wanted to throw it at you i know you're not the head of a program right now but one of the the most interesting two of the most interesting questions to me are are uh, first we'll start with the economics of it and i haven't talked a whole lot about this but when you talk about not playing a season i think one of the things that has not been brought out in the media on local sports levels is if you do not have a high school football season you are impacting every Every single sport at the high school level, meaning you know the the, the, the kind of the footballs that write the tail that wags the dog because of the economics of it. Um, I, I'm just curious: is is that the situation in your state? And and what is your take on that? If if we get to the point in, in your state state specifically where you know 2020 isn't a possibility, uh, most definitely. And it's not just athletics that are affected; uh, the band is affected. How, where they raise their money, a lot of their money is raised through. Uh, concessions and, and that kind of thing. There's a big ripple effect of, of of football games and the money that helps the school, whether it be the PTSA or whatnot. There are a lot of different entities that that football helps out, whether it be directly or indirectly, uh, by gate receipts. And you know, let's say the fall. Well, that's one of the things we talked about. Let's say we, we're able to play in the fall. Well, how are you going to have spring sports? You can't mm-hmm. pay officials. You can't buy balls. You can't do that. At all, if, if if that money, I mean, these athletic programs live, survive year to year. Very few, if any, have any type of savings they can draw from. <laughs> it's, 
the, as a matter of fact, equipment is ordered and pay in the fall after the first couple of gates of the games is how people pay for the purchases they made in the spring and the summer. Um, how are those bills going to be paid uh, if you don't have the gate coming in? Um, and that's the other thing is, okay, so you have sports, but you got to have a gate. How are you going to have people in the stands uh, and, and adhere to whatever governor's policy is? So one of the items we talked about uh, at our meeting the other day is flip-flop spring and, and, uh, and fall sports or reorganize it so you have your sports in the fall that are not contact-based, like golf or track or um, tennis and those kind of things. We do those in the fall. They can mm-hmm. be done in a safe manner. And then the bigger, more contact sports in the spring where, where maybe uh, we've kind of got to a better end of this this deal. Um, but those are just ideas that if you don't ask and you don't talk to people who are on the ground, aren't expressed, and you can't think through. Yeah, and it's it's funny because I've had so many coaches and, and various authorities on the show over the last two uh, two months. And one thing, and you're the first one to bring it up, is the flip flop. Like a, what's happening is you got a lot of well, we can move football in the warmer states, maybe to winter, right, or then into spring in the the places where it's a little bit colder. And, and there's no kind of mention of the other sports. So you're the first one to do that. I like that idea. The the no contact, the cross countries of the world, the tennis is the golf in the fall that makes makes a whole lot of sense patrick kane is on the line longtime coach in the uh, in the state of virginia the other question that i like to ask with with covid is uh, and, and again i know you're not you know the head of a program right now but you know when we do get to the point when it's time to have the the program together you know all in one place certainly safety comes first there's going to be conversations about that but i, I want to go in the side in, inside the head of your you know three decade coaching head about the message you send to kids because you're going to have kids on uh, across all ends of the spectrum, right? You're going to have kids that are going to be, as I describe it, you know, the cage lion that's going to be let out and, and ready to go hunt and play the game of football. Then you're going to have some kids at the other end of the spectrum where, you know, they've been hearing some bad stuff, right? There's some bad news that's being hitting into our brains and may not feel all that safe. I'm not talking about what's placed in there, but just, you know, COVID-19 in general. What would be the message you would have that, I know one size doesn't fit all, but you're going to have that opportunity where you're going to have those kids across that spectrum. Is that a, a fair question? question to ask and what do you think about uh, what you might say if you were the hc someplace it, it definitely is and i think that what i would uh, address it to uh in a very similar fashion not the same but similar is when concussions were first hit and were discussed and talked about and concerns about how you handle it and protocols that were taken up with that kind of thing and you would do you follow that path uh that we went through with the whole concussion uh, ordeal to make it to make people comfortable, safe, and and uh, respectful of their concerns, and I think you follow that same similar path. Yeah, that's a good analogy there for you, Patrick Kane on the line, longtime coach in Virginia. They have formed the Commonwealth Football Coaches Association. You can follow them on Twitter at cfbca20. Uh, you can also there's a link to it uh, if you go to. Um, to highschoolfootballamerica.com and the story that uh, we wrote there yesterday and the ones that's associated with this podcast. As we wrap up here, Coach, um, I wanted to go back. I mentioned your your dad was a, a longtime coach. Uh, longtime listeners of this show over the last 10 years know 
that it's kids and coaches first from my perspective. And I love the fact when I get, uh, you know, a, a, a guy, a young man on here who's followed in dad's footsteps, which you did. Dad was a wrestling coach. You also said you were a, a wrestling coach and, and a football coach. So just curious, uh, uh, what was it about uh, dad's profession that made you uh, want to get up and get into this profession of high school coaching that just pays us so much money? <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> yeah, especially a wrestling coach who my father was. But anyway, um, what was it? <laughs> the neat thing is, being his son, is I would get to go to the practices on the weekends or the workouts in the summer. And he was the first one to start a summer wrestling program in the Richmond area. Uh, he went to BMI and wrestled at BMI. Um, um, and then when he went to Meadowbrook, he started Meadowbrook when day one the school opened. He is was his first day or first year of teaching. Um, uh, and I got to go to the practices and meet the kids. And, and, and when I got big enough, I'd actually work out with the kids and that kind of thing. And I saw the impact he had on their lives. And, and an interesting story I like to tell is there was one gentleman who had some issues and, and was dismissed from the team as a junior. And then dad let him come back and had to dismiss him again as a senior. And he ended up in, he ended up in, in prison and dad would go and visit him and, and that kind of thing. And, and the relationship stayed on. Mm. But the, the interesting thing was dad had to dismiss him from the team, but kept a positive relationship with him. Yeah. Um, and uh, that, that was the interesting dynamic there shows you the impact you can, you can, you can hold people accountable and, and still treat them respectfully and well, that they know they, you care about them. Um, just that that impact I saw he had on the lives of the young men he worked with um, just inspired me to to want to do that, and the way I chose to do it is through football. Yeah, that's a wonderful story. Uh, Patrick Kane on the line. Uh, last question: uh, There is a little bit of uh, paying homage to Dad. I understand Dad. Uh, one of the stories I read about you before getting on the on the phone with you is Dad used to wear a tie, and I guess you uh, you had a, a, a favorite red tie you wore. Uh, explain the connection there about that. Well, the red tie had to do with the fact that we were royal red, rolling red. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. <laughs> At Hermitage. But the tie, um, he would wear a tie, I would say, almost all the time to a wrestling match. Um, and and I think it was just a sign of respect. I think it was a respect to what he was doing. And, that you know, especially back in his day, you know, professions wore a tie to to work and uh, I think it was a sign he's saying this is a profession and then that he wants to treat the profession respectfully uh, and so I kind of carried on with that tradition yeah, makes sense. I, I love it. Uh, Patrick Kane has uh, spent about a half hour with us. We appreciate you doing that. Uh, I mentioned that uh, one of the ways to uh, connect with the Commonwealth Football Coaches Association coaches on Twitter, which is CFBCA20. Uh, if somebody out there didn't know about this yet, and now they know about it because of this podcast, uh, what's the best way to, to get involved with the organization as you continue to grow now at almost a thousand strong on Twitter? Yeah, follow. Uh, it's on. There's a, there's every type of social media out there. Troy Taylor, one of our coaches, doing a great job setting up all the social media. And if, if you have a social media of a favorite, it's out there. And join on and reach out. And um, um, especially if you're a coach or it's not just head coaches, assistant coaches, or anybody interested in, in high school football, um, uh, follow and and give your input. And as we're organizing, that's the best way to get get the best way to get this thing off and rolling so that we can 
protect and promote this great sport that uh, that we have here in in our wonderful country yep no i agree that's what we try to do here and uh coach whatever uh, we can do to help you uh, get out the word we're, we're here to do that again uh folks it's uh, the commonwealth football coaches association's cfbca20 we'll put up all the links to all their social media uh once we uh, get the story up on the website here later on today and uh, coach just really appreciate you taking the uh taking the time a to to spend some time with us and thank you for uh dedicating you know over three decades of your life uh to uh, to helping student athletes athletes in in and around your your areas where you've coached so thanks for joining us on the show appreciate you having us in the great state of virginia appreciate that as well don't forget to follow high school football america on our social media platforms twitter the handle is hsfb america on facebook it's facebook.com forward slash high school football america and it's also high school football america on on Instagram. The High School Football America podcast is brought to you by GameStrat, America's premier sideline instant replay system with outstanding reliability and here's a good thing, faster speed than huddle sideline. Plus, GameStrat has awesome customer service. They do pick up the phone, along with different plans priced right for every coach's budget. And right now, GameStrat is offering a discount of up to $200, which means it's cheaper than huddle sideline. Plus, GameStrat is making it risk-free. If you make the switch now and there isn't a 2020 season your money will roll into 2021 without risk that's great can't beat that at all but you do have to act by june the 30th to get a demo go to gamestrat.com or you can click on the gamestrat banner ad located on every page of highschoolfootballamerica.com i'm jeff fisher and you've been listening to the high school football america podcast